welcome to Forever Canon. <laughs> oh, the podcast where we talk about our favorite Star Wars books and largely the conversation is going to be about children. I'm Justin. I'm Tim. And this week on Forever Canon, we put Tim's hosting behind us. We put that short story <laughs> recovery behind us. By the way, great job. I did listen back to one of the episodes and I was like, this is fun. First of all, it's so fun to just not be in charge. <laughs> yeah. And you did a good job. But fuck all that. This week, I'm back. <laughs> and we are starting New Jedi Order Book 7, Edge of Victory 1, Conquest. And as I said to you off camera shortly after you got here, kind of kind of a, a worrisome title. Because you know who's not on the edge of victory? The good guys. Yeah. They're not. <laughs> the people you want to win. So what are we conquestering? Conquestering. Conquistadors. <laughs> Careful. This week we're going to talk about the prologue through chapter four to kick off the book. And unlike some of the past books... And some of almost every book in literature, this one starts hot. Yeah. We get action by chapter four, man. Mm-hmm. Zoom. That, we'll get to that. First, bum, bum, bum. Previously on Forever Canon, we covered all eight chapters, 88 pages of Troy Denning's short story, Recovery, which allegedly takes place concurrently with this story. Mm-hmm. It was short. It was sweet. It was not long and boring. It was actually quite good, wasn't it? Yeah. Recovery was was good. I don't know. I've never I have I guess I haven't read very many short stories in general, right? Like it, ha, Yeah, no me neither. When either. do you? When And it's it's I certainly don't own any. When I was Comics? pulling out this book and I wanted to make sure I was on the right book mm-hmm. when I before I started reading. I, I was looking for recovery in the book list, even like you know how the older yeah, ones it says list, ebook or says novella. To list the ebooks yeah. in there, but now they don't. It's just not there at all anymore. Yeah, I don't because I think they don't sell them. I don't know if there's a way to buy to physically buy the short stories by themselves anymore, or even digitally, because it's all legends. And I don't know if you can buy the short hmm. stories. You notice though, like the legend, uh, the short stories collection of like the Lost Tribe of the Sith, mm-hmm. that's listed in there. Because yep. I bet you they sell that book still. Yeah. Right? But they're like, oh, we're not printing these other things, so take them off the list. It, you're right, though, because all as anybody who owns one of these books knows, the front of the book has a timeline of all the books mm-hmm. in it, right? And it used to, but before these were made legends and, and taken out of canon by Disney, the... It, it used to list the short stories. Yeah, it'd be whatever the short story was yeah. with a little star next to right. it. So you're looking for a recovery and be like, this is the next book. Yeah. <laughs> and it wasn't there, man. Yeah, they took it off the list. But that was last week. I had to go to Star by Star and double check. <sighs> Don't go to Star by Star. We have two books before that. Yeah. Jeez. But yeah, I mean, yeah. if you didn't read the short story, it's printed in the beginning of Star by Star. Mm. So I bought that book <laughs> like eight months ahead of time so that I could read the first 88 pages of it. Ah, and sit here in the passenger seat like an absolute goon. <laughs> it was so fun, man. <laughs> but now I'm back to being a dickhead in the driver's seat. <laughs> and we're going to start this book finally. Edge of Victory 1 Conquest begin with Prologue. Which heavily recaps 
who the bad guys are and what's happening in the galaxy at large. The Vong hate machines. The Vong are very scary. They're so scary that people on this planet Ando are hunting down the droids, just like we've seen at Ramamul, just like we've seen at Duro. You know, if we acquiesce to what the bad guys want before they get here, maybe they won't kill us. Yeah. And how many times has that like successfully <laughs> been the story throughout the galaxy? Yeah, they, they, they keep trying to do that. It's like nobody watches the news. Yeah. It's like I just punched my microphone. It's like I thought about that actually later. Uh, we'll get to that. It's it, again later. Weird that like news is not spreading across the galaxy faster because Sa- Warmaster Savong Law finished the previous book, right? Book five, mm-hmm. six, six by like FaceTiming the galaxy and <laughs> saying, "Give me all your Jedi, especially Jason Solo." Yep. So like, it's, I guess this is like our coverage of news spreading and stuff like that, right? <laughs> so we're on this planet, Ando, and all the droids are in danger. And there's a Jedi here named Dorsk. What did I say? You're looking at me weird. No. No? All the droids are in danger. That's right. There's a Jedi here named Dorsk82. I almost said 64. <laughs> Just have it. I there guess. was a 64 Commodore at some point. Commodore 64, yeah. There was, there was a Dorsk64 at some point because he's a clone. Yeah. He's a Jedi who's a clone. And this is the 82nd iteration of this person. Yeah. So was this person a Jedi before, like in the old Republic? Like how long? This That's cool. Dorsk Prime. That's pretty cool. From this brand new character that I've never heard of before. That's very interesting. Yes. I was like, Dorsk 82? I'm like, was that a droid? I thought it was I'm a like, droid. like, no, wait, it's a Jedi. <laughs> yeah. Wait, is there droid Jedis? No. <laughs> that's thought, not right that was my whole thought process wild too. cool cool way to kick us off brand new character he's strange and he's doing a familiar thing trying to protect these droids from people who want to probably throw them all in a pit and light them on fire as we've seen multiple times yeah luckily for Dorsk 82 the police arrive wait I forgot everything is bad all the cops are bad yep the, the police also want to save their planet. Well, they want to do it a different way. They don't actually care about those droids because they show up. They destroy uh, Dorks, Dorsk's <laughs> ship, mm-hmm. the pilot that was inside there, and the 38 droids that he had <laughs> managed to save. They torpedo the hell out of that thing because they're good guys. And forget about that old Vong appeasement program. We have a new system in place. Capture Jedi and give them to the Vong. Yep. To keep us safe. So the police destroying droids is old news. They try to capture Dorsk 82. And it seems to not go well because eight cops light up the night with their blasters, seemingly murdering the Jedi. Yeah. Dead or alive is the contract. Yeah. He's, Prefer to left. They're like. Stay down, come quietly. He goes to stand up and then just cuts to... He's like, bang, a blaster bolt through his thigh. Yeah. And then he like fends a few more off and then it's just like cut to red red light in a dark street. Yeah. Yeah. And he's gone. The the camera pans away so you just see the entrance of whatever alley or whatever and just a light coming out of it. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's pretty cinematic, right? Yeah. But I also just thought, hey, if you have had 82 clones of yourself... You've got another. You've got how many are ready? 
You're, you've planned ahead. <laughs> yep. So there's going to be, maybe there's going to be a Dorsk 83 shows up in this book. <laughs> Do you get cloned out? Do you step out of the vat as a full adult? The clones that we saw in the Clone Wars had to be aged, right? They had to age and grow naturally. Yeah. Although at an accelerated pace. Mm-hmm. Could someday come across a Dorsk 83. That'd be awesome. That would be freaking neat. And I didn't think of that till just now. He's dead. Cut to. Uh, search and rescue rangers, old deer, and dock holder. They have found a stranded ship out here near Yuzhan Vong space. Old deer apparently flunked out of Jedi Academy. He's kind of a talentless troublemaker. And they have a very cool conversation, I thought. The two of them are... Good guys saving derelict ships out here who might fall prey to the Yuzhan Vong. And then they start saying, what are we doing? Should we, uh, one of them, Doc Holder says, should we even be fighting them? What are we doing? Yeah. Uh, the, you know that we can't win. We can't win. So why are we fighting? Look at what they've al- already done to so many places. We've seen that we can't win, right? Like, mm-hmm. So so why are we fighting? It's a better conversation than that. Go read it. <laughs> yeah. But I thought that was, uh, I thought it's a good, it's a good way to set up a lot of things in this little prologue. Like we set up the Vong are so scary that people will destroy their own belongings to appease them or try to capture and kill Jedi. And now we come here and we're like, should we even be fighting them? They're so strong. Right? Like, yeah. It's, it's repeating the same message. Our, our best, our best choice is survival at this point is what Doc says. Yeah. And old deer is betrayed. Because his name is on a list. Doc is a peace brigader. And Old Deer, having at one time gone to a Jedi Academy, apparently his name is on some kind of list. Because uh, what what does Doc say? The peace brigade have some people up high in government places. Yeah. Which we know would be Vicky Shesh. Mm -hmm. Right? But... She, She hands the list down. The list is so complete and nuanced that it even has a a dropout guy who was only there for a yes, short amount of just time, a few months i think is what he says i think that's what he says Whoo! the jedi seem to be in trouble old deer is betrayed doc is like here's a gun in your face let that ship tractor beam us in because it was playing possum it was actually a ship full of peace brigade people and i brought you here to capture you jedi man and Two seconds later, he says, don't do this. I mean, count to three. One, don't do it. Two, and then, phew, the guy's 20 meters away in space. Yeah, he does. All their presses a button and goes, <laughs> There's an ejector seat, and the the old deer, the pilot, like, holds his breath, and his face starts to tingle from the vacuum, and he almost gets pulled up out of his seat, right? But, no, ejector seat. You're gone. Bye. And then he flies away. He escapes. Phew. Planning. One Jedi saved. Oh, but we got traitors everywhere. Old Deer takes off and he decides he's going to go warn Master Skywalker. He probably As you do. He probably saw the, the transmission mm-hmm. from War Master Savong Law. But this guy didn't, right? They're out on the edges of wherever the heck. Yeah. Uh with like bad inner spotty spotty Wi Fi. <laughs> yeah, they're on like the edge of what is Vong space at the moment. They have they're watching for Vong ships and whatever. They're right new, new, right new, right near Duro. Isn't that what they say? Yeah. Right. The most recently conquered, conquested, if you will, land. And from there we cut to. All right. 
Swilia Fenn. Swilia? I didn't write her name. S-W-I-L-J-A. Swilia? 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 Swilja? (laughs) Swilja. (laughs) Swilja Fenn. A captured Jedi. Here in the presence of the aforementioned War Master Savong Law. He wants to find Jason Solo real bad. Because he pushed him out of a window with a desk and broke his ankle. Yep. Oh, I cannot believe somebody would dare force Tornado a desk at me. Yeah, probably uh, the first fight he's lost in a while. Probably ever. Or else he'd be dead in their society, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> Probably. Very, very rarely have we seen two Yuzhan Vong clash and they like leave the other one alive. In shame or something, maybe. Mm-hmm. But rarely. So, yeah, see, I don't lose and I'm never wrong. That's how you rise through the ranks of these evil Yuzhan Vong to become war master. He wants Jason Solo so bad. But Swilja Fenn tells him off. She says something about the force is stronger than you. Huh? Got him. <laughs> right, like it could have been a little more biting or something. Uh, an hour later, it sounds like she's in the embrace of pain. Yep, she has forgotten all everything other than the pain. Yeah, she forgot everything about the conversation, the dismissive way that he walked away from her. All she can think about now is the pain. Oh, and then she forgets about that. Yeah, it's like as the embrace is want to do to you, mm-hmm. as it will. It's such a good prologue, though, man. Yeah. Oh, sorry, that's where that little bit ends. <laughs> She's in the embrace of pain. Ah, fade away. But this is such a good prologue. We set up the panicked public. We set up the, the police force giving into the into the Vong. Long, this guy's a longtime best friend and partner is a traitor. Like, you can't trust anybody. Mm-hmm. And everyone is in a panic. And everyone is scrambling to gain whatever favor they can of the Yuzhan Vong. Not understanding it's all worthless. Yeah. You can't be their friend. Yeah. You can't like, you're not going to do enough things that they ask you to do for them to actually leave you alone forever. It's not mm-hmm. all they're doing is just biding their time to rebuild their forces. Cause with two thirds of their force got blowed up with the super gravity light gun from center point. Yeah. And Corellia. Right. It's- so this, this like, if you give us all the Jedi, we'll stop fighting. They haven't made any attacks since they took over Duro. That gets noted at some point. Yeah. Well, yeah, duh. But everyone's so scared, right? Everyone's so scared that you're like, this is the only hope that I have. The only hope I have is teaming up with the winners. Yeah, it's a very Lord of the Flies survival. Evil. Yeah, survival at all costs. And how about such a high-level hunt for Jason Solo? Uh, The guy in charge of all the bad guys... Wants to kill my favorite character. Mm-hmm. That's going to be a problem in this book. Is otherwise, why are we talking about it? Right? <laughs> we're bringing it up in the prologue. Everything that we're talking about in the prologue is a is literally a direct setup for the rest of the story. Yeah. So, like, look at the things that happened vaguely and translate it to what is going to happen for the rest of the book. We've seen this before. Anakin looks just like Luke, and they're training with their lightsaber. Whatever the hell. Right? There's always good foreshadowing in the prologues and early chapters. Mm-hmm. It's a, such, such a great launching point, even though I didn't know any of these characters. That usually I'm like tuned out. Yeah. As soon as, soon as we're following somebody I don't care about, I don't care. 
at all. Yeah, because the first two. Of I'm an on this off was, switch. Was only. Dorsk 82. That was the very first thing. Like, I'm a clone. They're like, all right, that's neat. <laughs> yeah. And then the next guy, I'm like, oh, you got betrayed by your friend. But also, you know, having it be the prologue gives you that, as a writer, it gives you that goodwill where, mm-hmm. where like, you're going to pay more attention to it because you know these characters are leaving the scene. Yeah. They're leaving the story at the end of the scene, I mean. You know? Yeah, it's only to progress the story. It's, it's you don't have just, to care about them. It's just to, it's just to set the table. Yeah, you don't need yeah you don't need to invest in these people. Just understand what's happening to them, and <laughs> understand that it's going to be reflected throughout the entire story. How about a chapter title for the prologue? I got all of the Jedi. <laughs> yeah, that'll do. Yeah, you probably put that every chapter actually. <laughs> probably um, could. I went with playing dead. Okay. Boom. I don't remember why, but oh, the ship for sure. Yeah, that, that was. And new theory alert: Dorsk eighty two is actually alive. Just kidding. Okay. We don't just go to chapter one from here. We turn the page, and we get an entire page that says, "Part one, Praxium." Mm-hmm. Yep. That's new. Mm-hmm. That's the first time that's ever happened in a Star Wars book. And I tell you what, I like the Greg Keys. Key, Keys, sorry, man, I didn't look up your name. I'm gonna say Keys. Uh, Greg Alicia Keys. I like his writing a lot so far to kick this book off. Like right away in the prologue, I was like, "Oh man, you made me care about three characters or be interested in." I don't, I don't know them at all. You made me in, interested in three people I don't care about. Mm-hmm. It's good writing. It's a good start. I'm excited. Let's see how it goes. Yep. Coming off of a short... God, I'm trying. I'm trying too hard. Coming off of a short story from Troy Denning, my favorite author, it's Big Footprints now. Big, yeah. Bigfoot Footprints. <laughs> Sam Squanch, chapter one. <laughs> the Jedi are gathered. All the Jedi. <laughs> all the Jedi. <laughs> see, if you will. Anakin feels Uncle Luke, Master Luke, bend under the weight of the group's anger and fear. Yeah. He feels his hope diminish. Luke Skywalker's unshakable will, his his belief in good things to come. Anakin feels him bend. That brief moment of weakness yep. put, gives puts a dent in his uh view of his uncle. Which is what happens as you grow up. You idealize everybody when you're a child and they are just the thing that you think they are and they couldn't possibly be more. Mhm more complex, more nuanced, more, uh, depth, whatever. But he looks at his uncle who never bends. Dude, this is the first time uh, 30% of the galaxy has been taken over since you've been alive. Yeah. And and the other 70% wants to hunt you all down. I bet you when the three pilots in front of him in the death star trench got blown up on their runs or failed, I bet you he was like bent. (laughs) Right. Like I bet. Yeah. You're, you're 16 years old, man. You ain't seen nothing. But it shakes Anakin to watch Luke Skywalker have to straighten himself out, which mm-hmm. he does. Kip and Luke rehash their now classic argument for any new readers just joining the story. Right? Mm-hmm. Kip says we have to go fight. Luke says no fight. Only protect. Like that meme of the dog who doesn't want to give you the ball. Yeah. <laughs> no take. Only throw. Yeah. No, we can't do that. Yep. We have to stay still and protect where we can instead of taking the fight to the Yuuzhan Vong. 
It's basically the argument. They talk about how they both danced with the dark side. Mm-hmm. Like actually fully fall into the dark side and been dragged back from it. And I don't know. Am I crazy in this conversation or is Kip Duran uh, pretty right? Yeah, he's making a lot of sense. He's saying a lot of good things. Like, you know, why can't we fight the bad guys? Yeah. And we have no friends now. He uses a lightsaber t- analogy. He's yeah. like, if I'm... If I'm it turns into like Plato's the cave for yeah. a second. It turns into like a philosophy argument. Yeah. If I'm in a lightsaber battle, I can defend myself. Yeah. Isn't defending also bringing the attack afterward? And if I use my lightsaber to defend myself, should I not then make the next attack in preempt defending myself early? Yeah. I, I, right. It becomes uh, when do you stop protect? When do you stop? It's 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 the same argument they're having. Yeah. What is the line between attacking and defending? Yes. And it's Kip Duran trying to muddy the waters, but actually, you know, just what he believes. Mm-hmm. He believes if someone is attacking me, I have to fight them back until they're dead, not just until they stop swinging for a second. Yeah. Which is what the Yuzhan Vong have done, right? We took Duro. Listen, send us our all, all of the Jedi and we'll be cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll just chill here. We're not going to take over the rest of the galaxy. We'll just be here. We'll be cool. Just give us all Jedi so we can kill them all. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's so it. that's Kip Duran's argument. It's the grown-up version of Jason and Anakin. He going says, at it. "Well, yeah, that shows up again in a few minutes." But Kip's main point is, if saving our galaxy from the Yuzhan Vong is not a good enough cause to flex our true might, let self-preservation be, like. There's bad guys taking over the galaxy and and hurting and harming billions, trillions of innocent people. If that's not enough reason for us to join the fight, then what about the fact that we're being specifically hunted and sacrificed? Mm-hmm. Let our own self-preservation of our magic wizard society be a good enough reason to go fight. And I'm like, you're not wrong. <laughs> and Luke Skywalker, the problem is he doesn't say anything. Yeah. Right? All he keeps doing is telling everyone to wait. Yeah, he, he never ever puts forth a plan. Yeah, he just keeps saying no without offering any direction of any kind. Which is why Kip Durin then gathers so much momentum and support. Yep. One person is giving options and one person is person is saying do nothing. Buddy, you gotta come up with a plan here, Luke Skywalker. Yep. Like you you have to defend your Jedi from being Betrayed by the entire galaxy right now. Yeah, and even if what you're could not be more important, even if you're not going to defend the Jedi necessarily, at least defend your position somehow. Mm-hmm. The, that's how, like, then you don't have everybody going. This guy hasn't. This guy doesn't know what he's doing. Let's and, go. And Kip is saying in the argument, "You haven't done anything. We've been out there fighting. What? You haven't done anything." And then Jaina yells at him, "You don't know what we've been doing. We've been doing things." And then he's like, look at Jason, didn't use the force. And she's like, don't talk about my brother. And Jason's like, you don't know anything about the force. The kids start shouting back at, at yeah. Kip Durin. And then they end up in the hallway trying to convince him to stay. And then he leaves and Jason and Anakin break into the same argument. They are the, they are a representation of the same argument, maybe at different depths or different like degrees. But Jason is stoicism and Anakin is actionism. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like it, It's the same thing. They butt heads again to remind us that that's going on, right? But Kip kind of goes savage mode before he leaves and he says to the kids, I think, right? 
not to the whole group. I think in the hallway, he's like, the only reason why your brother used the force was to save your mommy. Yep. If those were two other people, they'd be dead. Yeah, because he left if all Jaina, those Duro if alone. If Jaina and Leia weren't there, Jason would have let everyone die. And it's, again, not wrong. Yep. The only reason he used the force was because his mom was dying right in front of him. Because he was sitting in a room just waiting until they showed up. is the exact representation of Luke Skywalker's strategy. Yep. Right? Not use our magic powers and just sit and wait. And then what happened? Leia got whipped half to death. And you had to use your power to fight back and knock him out the window with a desk. Mm-hmm. So weird. Such a a weird choice, man. Even it could have just been the wind. I don't know. Something, something about the desk hitting is, is, is too like comical. It's too like cartoonish (laughs) to be cool. Yeah. He got knocked out of the window into some mud and he broke his ankle. Ah, I'll get you Jason solo. I'll get you. Um, back to the kids and Kip Duran though. Uh, he's not wrong. <laughs> Jason let tons of other Duro die. And Anakin sees that truth. Mm-hmm. He hears it come out of Anna- or out of Kip's mouth and he goes, dang, that's true. Kip makes a lot of sense to Anakin. Yeah. He does. He says, we do have to be too. proactive, not necessarily even with aggression, just let's Let's find out what Let's planets they're going do after first. Something. Let's Anything. at least plan. Yeah. You're right. That's exactly what Anakin wants to do. Kip leaves. Jaina references, by the way, from recovery, she references, oh, Uncle Luke sent mom and dad on a mission to to move the Jedi, uh, captured Jedi or runaway Jedi around, right? Mm-hmm. So it doesn't happen concurrently with recovery because... Luke sent yeah. them on that mission at the literal last sentence of recovery or so. Like it was the very end of it the was, story. Yeah, it was at the very end. So maybe that was happening concurrently with the prologue. <laughs> <laughs> but it doesn't seem like it's actually going to cross over at all. Mm-hmm. Jaina mentions offhand, mom and dad are busy with Uncle Luke's mission. And then Jason makes an animal reference in case you don't remember what his character's all about. Mm-hmm. The brothers are big time butting heads over Jason's action and inaction. The three of them figure the Jedi Academy, AKA part one, Praxium is the next Vong target. Cause Anakin can't do nothing. Yeah. He wants to plan. He wants to gather information at least. Right. Like we, at the very least we gotta, we gotta know things. Something has to happen. We can't just keep getting surprised and beaten. Like we gotta do something. Got to save the Praxium. Oh, where Anakin's best friend Tahiri is. And she's the only thing that he remembers from last night's nightmare. Yeah. About the Jedi Praxium. About the Academy. So, at the end of chapter one, the Jedi are divided. The solo siblings are divided. Divide. Divide. Next step. Conquer. Mm-hmm. You know, like the title, Conquest. And that's where... Divide, divide, divide. They divide the whole galaxy against the Jedi, the Jedi against themselves, and the Solo siblings even. You know? and that's the most dangerous thing that the Vong have done that wasn't straight up violence is say, hey, go get them Jedi. 
Which I don't even like. That's they stumbled accidentally in that into that because they they weren't like oh, the the galaxy is uneasy with the power of the Jedi. Let's weaponize that because they're our greatest enemy. Yeah, actually, they're like the Jedi are useless. But I'm mad at Jason Solo. <laughs> yeah, like, I, you know, like they've stumbled into this perfect storm uh, for the Jedi. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're <laughs> so screwed. So screwed. Chapter title: Angst and Confusion. Oh, that sounds like a movie. <laughs> a Nameless Dread. Ooh. How about that? Chapter 2. Luke and Mara have a private conversation in his office about the Jedi falling apart, about Luke losing hope, about Anakin's many griefs and guilts. A lot of things to remind us about as we kick into the seventh book. Mm-hmm. We've, we've done a lot in six books. And here's like the main important things that are happening right now. Luke also says, just offhandedly, his visions tell him a young Jedi will end the war. Yep. It's not going to be one of us old folks. It's going to be a young Jedi. And Nara's like, who, Anakin? Immediately. Because yeah. he's been like the biggest, most prominent uh, public hero of any of the Jedi other than Luke Skywalker. And he's he's had the most growth and learning. And he's killed more Vong than anyone. Yep. In hand-to-hand combat. He's Very 16. True. 16. That was something they also stated in the book. Oh, P.S. Mara's pregnant. Don't forget. Yeah, they had a lot of back and forth here that I that I I laughed at while reading yeah, it. They, this is written as a really cute couple, and they go well together. And yeah, with their problems. Yeah. What she she says something about if you ever do this to me again. You're talking I'll, about being pregnant. Yeah, <laughs> I'll vaporize you right here. Because <laughs> what she's most worried about is the baby. Yeah. You know, they're talking about how. They're both very scared because they don't know how to protect all these people, especially children that need them to protect mm-hmm. them. Too many thems. Yeah. They don't know what to do. They're scared. How about that? That's very unlike these two. Yeah. But we're in a once in a lifetime situation in the galaxy. Never before in the, in the history of their life that they know, right? Like they have a long historical record of the galaxy Never before has 30% of the galaxy or more been taken over by an a f- invading force from outside of the galaxy. We've had the Sith. We've had the Empire. We've had whatever. There's Chiss out there doing stuff. We have never had an outside alien species just lay waste and take whatever they want. Yeah. Something we can't feel and predict in the force they are so close to the edge of victory that luke skywalker's hope is bending Mm -hmm. this is kind of terrifying to read if this wasn't so like sweet and cute yeah between the two of them and then the solo kids come in and they're like we got to protect academy at yevon four yep i said i first of all i said academy (laughs) yevon four (laughs) get us there science fiction Luke doesn't let them go. He wants to call Booster Tarek to call Talon Card to stash the kids on the errant venture, which is Booster's big star destroyer. Family friends, old smuggling pirates and stuff. Yep. Bad guys, not bad guys, outlaws turned yeah. heroes. Yeah. I, the, everyone who's not a Jedi is Han Solo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they have to be. They have to be like the greatest human heroes possible to live up to these magic wizard people. Like, <laughs> they're either, stand next to them. They're either Han Solo level or just regular civilian doing nothing. Yep. Yeah, which I mean Luke Skywalker's also doing nothing. 
He won't even let the kids go save the world. Cut mm-hmm. to Anakin Skywalker. False. Anakin Solo and his R7 unit Fiverr. He's not Anakin Skywalker. He's not, Don't live up to that name. Anakin Solo and his R7 unit Fiverr, which, by the way, all right. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe he gives good high fives. He was told, you cannot go to the Jedi Academy. And so he powers up his XJ X-Wing for takeoff because the Force is saying it's got to be him. Yeah. Anakin, it's got to be you. You have to go save your best friend, kid. Yeah, he's never, he said, I feel it in my core that I have to go. That Luke is wrong. And it has to be now. It has to be now. And so I'm leaving because all of Master Skywalker's apprentices listen very well. (laughs) That other kid wouldn't even use the force for God's sake. (laughs) One won't use the force. What kind of teacher is this guy? (laughs) One completely ignores orders. Chapter title? A child. (laughs) God, you can use that every chapter too. Um ambivalence and denial Ooh. which was an awesome little paragraph that Anakin had about the grown-ups in his life treating him like a kid yep when he's like I've killed more Vong in hand-to-hand combat than anyone else and I've done this and I've done that and they've asked me to do this and that and then then they they like to live in this fake reality of I'm still a kid yeah be a grown-up when I want you to be which is such the teenage experience right yeah but you don't understand that there just are things that shouldn't be heaped on your plate yet as a teenager. Yeah. But nonetheless, the galaxy is being taken over and my best friend is in danger at the Jedi Academy Part 1 Praxium. <laughs> Chapter 3. Anakin arrives home. Yeah. To the Yavin system. Very familiar to him. He goes through with us like all the things that he sensed in the center of the Gavin. God. The Yavin planet, which is uh, uh, Jupiter. It's a big gas giant yeah. with a bunch of storms and stuff happening inside of it. He's like, I can feel crystals inside of there. I can feel the storm surging. Thinking back to when he was a kid at the Academy, right? I, I like some of this. His... Is the, sorry, I was just yeah. going to say, it's so familiar to him. It's the place he spent most of his life yeah. here, away from his parents. And the descriptions of the things like so tor- good tornadoes that are so heavy but still stronger storms hydrogen that's been so compressed that it's turned to metal to, yeah to, to solid metal so cool this is so awesome such good writing and anakin is such my favorite character right now <laughs> sorry jason solo not using the force ain't doing it for me yeah you know he's still cool and complicated but anakin solo as kip durin <laughs> yeah is my jam right now you know yeah it, it sounds like anakin also did a lot of his training and learning on his own because he said he was feeling these things and then having to like reference it in the library. Well, I think that was just like this is, you know, feeling the planet is from the moon is probably not like standard academy. <laughs> probably He's not. It's just something, you know, something he could feel that nobody nobody could probably else feel that. Yeah. Think about how strong he is in the force, right? He is like a singular point of power. Mhm. I uh, his brother and his sister maybe, but we've been told several times throughout the seven books he might, he's the strongest Jedi of his generation. Yeah. And so maybe no one else can even feel the, the crystals uh, that spin in like a helix pattern in the center of the storm <laughs> of the planet or whatever, right? But Anakin can. He can even feel an individual friend on a nearby moon. Yeah. He's like, uh, oh, there's that person I used to know. What? Yeah, on Yavin 8. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> which, yep, that's right. But it's just, oh, I can feel an individual person 
on a planet full of non-force users, I suppose. Like a person who trained at the academy for a while and then left, a friend of Anakin's. Yeah. Which this whole this whole um, chapter starts setting up and tying back to a, a series of books that came out between 1995 and 1997, starring well Anakin and Tahiri and Master Ikrit and Old Oh yeah, the guy from the prologue. Okay. Uh, like seven or eight books called the Jedi, a junior Jedi Knights. Oh, a series of, of books for young readers. I think one of them was also called young Jedi Knights, but Anakin and Tahiri released the, the, the children ghost spirits that were haunting this temple. Yeah. When they were children under the guidance of master Ikrit. And this is, and that, and like several other stories, in the Young Jedi or Junior Jedi Knights books, which is, I thought, I'm like, that's cool. Maybe we should just read those and like do like a one shot episode. <laughs> we read eight children's books. They were 20 pages each or something. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Actually, I haven't looked at them, but I was like, man, all those adventures are Anakin and Tahiri at, at the Jedi Temple. Yeah. I'm sure also Jason and Jaina, right? But I'm like, that's cool. Because so far from Tahiri, she was mentioned in book six. By name, we haven't never seen her. Yeah, she was mentioned by name in book six, and then on the cover of this book, on the back cover. Oh, mentioned on the back cover. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I was that's like, it. that's not her, the snake-haired bitch. <laughs> no, 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 no. The back cover. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and the, and then now in the in the first two chapters, Anakin being like, my best friend's in danger. My best friend Tahiri at the academy. My best friend Tahiri is in danger, and only I can save my best friend Tahiri. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Drive her name and the best friend point. Home. And so here he is at Yavin heading to the Jedi Academy. He can feel Tahiri and he cracks a big smile, mm-hmm. which I mean, like the corner of his lip turned up it was a big solo smirk. You know? Yeah. He gets one of those across his face. A transport ship starts firing at him. Mm-hmm. He easily dodges it. He disables the ship, but then a dozen more arrive and they're all peace brigade. I'm wondering so at this point to the surface of Yavin Four, if because they were they were already there. This transport looking around for for the academy, yes. And then he feels Tahiri, and he's got that connection. And then he contacts them first. I wonder if he's the reason why they can finally. I don't see think the academy. so because the what he described feeling inside the ship was confusion that was starting to clear up into action. And I think that's because what we're what we're told is that a lot of the adult Jedi had to leave the academy. So the illusions. So whatever illusion they're holding up that hides the moon has been failing slowly. Yeah. And so what I think happened is the force led Anakin here just in the nick of time. They are just realizing, oh, we're being tricked. Yeah. As he arrives and takes on this ship. Like it is the most consequential moment and the force puts him here perfectly, mm-hmm. you know, cause he disobeyed his master. Yeah. Cause any good Anakin. Jedi. <laughs> anyways, 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 cut to Anakin lands. He warns Cam Solusar about incoming peace brigade. He, to hear he bursts in, gives Anakin a big hug and he blushes. Ooh. <laughs> yep. And you can tell immediately, like, they're, we're setting these teenage friends up to fall in love. Mm-hmm. They're 16 and 14 years old. Yeah. So let's be chill. <laughs> like, let's be cool. Teenagers are allowed to fall in love, but let's be cool. 
it's exciting. I think it's exciting. I love these characters, like the solo kids. And I'll oh, have a little romance. Oh, let's have your feelings even more complicated. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah, it's not complicated enough as it is. Jason had a little fling, a little dates with Danny Quee or whatever at the beginning, you know? Mm-hmm. Jaina had a, an introduction in Danceroni with Jagged Fell of the Chiss Empire. Yeah, Everyone's got a boyfriend <laughs> or girlfriend. Let, let's throw an extra wrench into their uh, emotional uh, escape there. But that's life, right? Like, Yeah. <laughs> life is very easy. And then when you care about other people, it instantly becomes infinitely more complicated. <laughs> it's very easy to just care about yourself. That's pretty simple. Yep. The list of things to do gets short. You know what I mean? Or things to consider and care about, which is even something that Anakin thinks. I think about Uncle Luke. He's like, or or about Aunt Mara. He's like, Aunt Mara would probably agree with me and Kip if she didn't have to consider Uncle Luke's feelings. Mm -hmm. She grew up an assassin. Yeah. Right? He like deliberately or uh, expressly thinks those things. And I'm like, yeah, you're probably right. Caring about other people is complicated. And we're getting super set up for these two to fall in love. She busts in and gives him a hug. She's blonde, green-eyed, just like him, and talks faster than she moves, which is very fast on her bare feet. Yep, she doesn't like shoes. Tahiri hates <laughs> shoes. They're the, uh, what did she call them? She the, calls them a Sith invention. Son of the Sith. Or something, <laughs> yeah. something like that, yeah. Uh, they're going to fall in love. Her first appearance was the Junior Jedi Night book, Golden Globe, I think it was called. Oh, I should have wrote down the specific title of the first one. That was the first time she appeared. Her and Anakin saving an entire temple full of children ghosts and setting them free. When they were 10 and 12 or something Must have like been that. like 8 and 6. Like, <laughs> I don't know. They're only 16 and 14. Yeah. Right? They're so young. Uh, but they're definitely, definitely being set up as romantic partners. He blushed. You know what I mean? Mara touched her stomach. Like these are like cliche things in literature and stories that are meant to give away She's pregnant. Yeah. He likes her. Ooh. He smiled when he felt her. He blushed when she hugged him. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's going to happen. She first appeared in that book, and now, in, the, in that Junior Jedi Knight book, she's finally here in the big leagues now. Book seven of New Jedi Order. Edge of Victory, One Conquest. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Hiri Vela. Welcome. <sighs> <laughs> Ah, welcome, Anakin. An instant romance setup. And then we three-star cut to planning. Mm-hmm. We got to save these kids. We take we take Master Solisar to the other Master Solisar, his wife, and Master Ikrit, and we start planning what to do with all these kids. Anakin says, I'm going to make a stand while Cam and Tion take the kids and hide them in a cave. Master Ikrit, I guess you can stay with me because I... I'm not what I don't feel brave or wise enough to argue with you. Yeah. He says, I'm staying. Uh, okay. He, he like it's, it says like he pursed his lips, but didn't want to argue. Yeah. With, with this wise, centuries old master. master yeah. But to hear he wants to fight and Anakin tells her that she can't. Yep. She's not happy about it. No, she feels betrayed. Yeah. But he just doesn't want her to get killed. Mm -hmm. All that guilt in this kid's head. Chewie died. Everyone on Cernpidal died. All those people that got killed by Centerpoint. Like, everything is his fault because he could have done better. Yeah. He is telling himself. Mm -hmm. 
Oh, but she feels betrayed. They haven't seen each other in over a year, I think. Something they like said that. he's been gone from the academy. He never texted her. Yeah. He's been busy. Life's Did, been crazy. Have you even thought of me? I think she yeah. says at one point. Yeah. Like she's you can tell there are feelings between them because they're hurt. Yes. The feelings are hurt between the two of them. Yep. Yeah. And it's kind of, you know, a, a, a mirror of Han and Leia. Oh, coming back together after an absence and the two of you are upset with each other that you didn't make more contact during that absence. He'll probably handle it better than his dad because he seems cooler. Yep. But anyways, chapter title for chapter three. The Praxium. Ooh, you're good. <laughs> uh, no time to lose. Oh, hey, I like that one too. But like in the more metaphorical sense, this is no time. Yeah. This is no time for him to lose the people here. He. This is no time for him to lose. The most important person in the galaxy is here. Yeah. Yeah. And the force has sent me here at exactly the right time. The, the force agrees. Chapter force. Just kidding. Chapter four. I instantly love Master Ikrit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he is like wise Yoda. And later... Maybe later, later. We'll, we'll get there. I don't know. It doesn't matter. He said, uh, it says that he was trained. No, I looked that up. He was trained by Yoda. Okay. He was an apprentice of Master Yoda. Maybe when he was a youngling, you know, which is like the excuse that they give nowadays where it's like everyone was trained by Master Yoda because he trained like 30 kids at a time. Like yeah. Multiple times a day or something like that. You know what I mean? But it, Master Ikrit, trained by Yoda, talking in wise philosophical riddles just like him. Except th- these are way more clear yeah, and pointed. Mm-hmm. He's telling Anakin all about Anakin's guilt and anger and how that's all going to destroy him. But Anakin talks back. Yes, he does. Frustration hijacked Anakin's lips. They stayed pursed and closed before. <laughs> but now fr- frustration hijacked Anakin's lips. That's poetic, Master Ikrit. But that's it's not an answer. My grandfather was Darth Vader and he killed billions. But that was after decades of the dark side. I'm only 16 and look what I've done. Darth Vader would be proud. Ah, stop it, sad boy. Yep. Oh, God, he hurts my feelings by being so hurt. (laughs) Yeah, that's such a well-crafted character over these six books, over these seven, I guess six, starting with seven. What they've done to Anakin Solo has been incredible. Yeah. Starting with Cernpadal. And then everything along the way where it's like, you're the only one who can turn on center point. You're the only one who could have saved Chewbacca. You're the only one who can save everyone at the Jedi Academy. And he's so rightfully sad and broken along the way. Oh, it's so good. Anyways, they haven't written out any of his, his like feelings, like not glossed over. And he hasn't had a lot of externalizing the internal. Yeah. Yeah. He's been busy. He's mm-hmm. been busy fighting more of Yuzhan Vong in hand-to-hand combat than anyone in the galaxy. And winning, you'll notice he's alive. But this conversation is a whole very foreboding warning telling Anakin that his anger is going to destroy him. Yeah. And you know, it's very obvious that you're blaming yourself for things that you shouldn't. But then Anakin's like, I could have shot center point clean, baby. What do you say to that? I could have destroyed all of the Yuzhan Vong. I didn't. What? Now what, Master Ikrit? Like, 
Yeah. And still, neither one of them are wrong, which is the tr- the trouble with uh, with a delicate, uh, like a, I keep saying the word nuance, but it's a, it's an appropriate word. Mm-hmm. Like a many faceted philosophical argument, there's ways to be right on each side. Yes. Letting his anger overtake him is going to be a problem, but man, oh man. By the way, Master Ikrit is a, a species called Kushaban. A Kushaban. He's a half meter tall, floppy eared cat. Yeah. Like Sabrina the Teenage Witch. <laughs> but more magic? <laughs> Anyways, nobody talks back to the cat, but Anakin just did. Mm-hmm. And then we cut to more wisdom from Master Ikrit. Quote, search your feelings every day. Keep careful watch. The worst monsters are not those from without. And I couldn't help but flash forward to the end of Legacy of the Force and Fate of the Jedi where the Jedi adopt this idea of you should ask yourself every day if you've been good. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Like that becomes a new tenet of the Jedi Order. Ooh, you can't just look at the big picture. We got to judge ourselves every day. Yeah. Mm, That sounds exactly like this, doesn't it? Mm Mm-hmm. Check your feelings every day and make sure they're not taking you over. And we get another another thing here where there is talking about when Anakin and Tahiri were there and helped with the ghost of the... Mm-hmm. He said, the older Jedi never could have done it. We needed you younger ones. It's another one of these, the younger ones are going to help yep. us. They're going to fix it. Which is it. what we've been told since the very first book. Yep. And it's beautiful. Keep that thread going. Mm-hmm. Look at Luke Skywalker bend and watch Anakin Solo take off. That's what's up. Mm-hmm. But keep careful watch on your emotions. <laughs> and then blasters start happening. Illusions start happening. The Peace Brigade have arrived outside the Academy. They, they make an illusion of, of people shooting back. Anakin shoots a few shots back to make it look extra real, right? Stuff like that. They're holding their ground well enough, giving everyone time to escape. The plan is everyone's going to escape, run down the river to a secret cave that they'll never find us, and we'll, we'll be able to run away. And then I'll do hit and run. And I'll just be here being a distraction. Yep. Dra- drawing them off and, and buying you all time. And then whoops, Tahiri didn't leave. And whoops, she's got two other young Jedi <laughs> with her up on the floors above. Causing problems for Anakin's plan. Yep. Valen Horn and Santa. Santa. Yeah. Valen Horn, though. Hey, I know yep. his dad. Yep. I heard he was a bad guy. Has <laughs> <laughs> gone into hiding because he single-handedly uh, caused or allowed the destruction of Ithor. Mm-hmm. But this is 12-year-old kids here. Uh, whoops. Cut to whoops a 14 year old and two 12 year olds didn't plan very far ahead yeah they came to help without a plan anakin's like my plan was to escape in the x-wing with the cat guy now there's four of us so we're not gonna fit in the ship are we (laughs) right plans gotta change when kids get involved i guess anakin has to save them all he and tahiri end up lightsaber fighting some peace brigade and jumping down a turbo lift shaft Classic Star Wars. Down the shaft. How many times? His dad just did it two books ago. Grabbed onto a cat's tail or something. Yep. Oh, it's in the blood. (laughs) It's in the Star Wars blood. Always. To send that elevator, jump down the shaft. Watch it in episode two. It's great. (laughs) So good. 
<laughs> or is that the beginning of episode three? Beginning of episode three. No. Yeah, it's got to be. Because we're crashing Grievous's ship into Coruscant, which means Clone Wars have already happened. Yes. Or begun. Elevator shafts. Are they deadly? Not in this universe. <laughs> Not if you're magic. Uh, but anyways, a literal bunch of kids trying to save everyone. Yeah. Cool. This is going to go well. How about <laughs> chapter title? Ready for all of this? <laughs> for all of this Jedi? <laughs> <laughs> I almost chose that. But instead, I chose the much funnier, to me, at the moment, helping. Because <laughs> aren't they just helping so much? <laughs> they're, they're doing their best. But man, wow. We're shooting guns and swinging lightsabers already? Like, this is a blazing fast start from Greg Keyes. Although, I guess all of the books should start fast. We're in book seven. Yeah. We're in the war, man. It's on. Don't let Luke Skywalker fool you. Action <laughs> should be happening. But the philosophies are deep. The characters are well drawn. And the action is early. Chopping chumps in chapter four. Mm. Dang. I can't. Wait for next week when we cover New Jedi Order, Book 7, Edge of Victory 1, Conquest, Chapters 5 through 8. I'm Justin. I'm Tim. I'm 16. I'm 14. I'm 12. (laughs) I'm helping. (laughs) For any comments and questions, you can hit us up at forevercanonpodcast at gmail.com. Forever Canon Podcast is a Jay Plazer production. Catch us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitch, Twitter, and YouTube at Jay Plazer. Check us out.